on the Bamcast. After Mr. Midnight, we're gonna let it all hang out. One stop, we're in. All right, welcome to the Bamcast. Hey, Bamcast, <laughs> episode three hundred fifty-three. Yeah, that's a palindrome. That is, yep. <laughs> it's going to happen about every eleven episodes. Yes. Um, so I'm Harlow. I'm BJ. <laughs> I almost said that I'm Mac. <laughs> you can't be if you yeah, die. Sure, why not? No, no, I can't. Can't be as angry as him. Oh. Uh, so what we do each and every episode of the Bamfcast is we go and we watch ourselves a quote-unquote bad movie. Come in here and talk about it for the first half. Then we rate them. Good bad movies, enjoyable bad movies. They got one to five jocks and robot jocks. Robot jocks. jocks. We like it. However, there are bad, bad movies, and stay away. They get the negative sliding scale one to five bags as in douchebags after Twilight. Yeah, huh? <laughs> that movie was poop. It was. It was, pu- it was pure poop. Yes, pure. Poop. Um, so, Mackie's not here. Nah. Where is he? Um, not elsewhere. Huh. He's, he's living it up. Yeah. Somewhere else. Um, so, as per usual, uh, <laughs> when Mackie's not here, yeah. uh, we go ahead and we pick ourselves out of a musical, it seems. It's yes, a, it's a thing we tend to do. Like, I'm not here. You you do dumb dog movies, and, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey's not here. We do musicals. Exactly. Uh, so mostly music, some somewhat of a musical. We did 1983's so The Return of Captain Invincible. More of a musical than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, surprise. I, I was told that it would have three songs, and it had At about least. four dozen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's right. You're right. So uh, plot <sighs> summary for this here movie, and then we'll talk more about it. Okay. In World War II, Captain Invincible used his superpowers against the Nazis, and he was a hero. But when they accused him of supporting the communists, he retired to Australia. Now, after a U.S. super-secret weapon is stolen, uh, he's asked to come back to help. Unfortunately, he's an alcoholic now. <laughs> Wait, that's the end of it? That's the end of it. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's an alcoholic now? Unfortunately, he's an alcoholic. Yes. Now. <clears throat> that's true. He is. Uh yeah, so how do we read it? No, um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, all right. So this this crazy crazy ass movie. It is indeed a crazy ass movie. Let's let's talk about this. First off, who's in it? Uh, Captain Invincible. Alan Arkin is Alan Arkin, mm-hmm. Oscar winner Alan Arkin. Welcome to the show, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mr. Midnight, the his uh, arch nemesis. Yeah. Uh, is Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee. Yeah. Star of 1,000 movies. Yeah. Um, there's a few other folks you might recognize, but they're they're mostly background players. Uh, they, this movie's Australian. Yeah, it's Australian. Australian. Uh, they, they, they dug up a lass who's been in some Australian things, but never really made a crossover to the United States, so she will be pretty much unrecognizable unless you're... Yeah. Australian. Well, you're Australian <laughs> in the 80s. Um, right. Which, if you are, please write in. Because <laughs> yes, I would love to hear about that. <laughs> but um, behind the scenes, uh, there's one writer in particular. Well, there's two contributors to this movie that you may have heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the writers is uh, S- Stephen E. D'Souza. Yes. Um, probably most known for being the writer of Die Hard. Right. You know, the best Christmas movie ever made. Everyone's favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean he's not the only writer, but he's like he's the main the screenplay. One of two, yeah, yeah. Um, the director was really never. He, he did a few other things you would have heard of, but like he's done like Howling Two and you know some horror movies. Yeah. But, but yeah, mostly disappeared off into obscurity. However, the other person behind the scenes, 
that contributed that you might recognize is uh, we were speaking when we watched the Apple about, or I did mm-hmm. specifically about Snappy Richard Apple. O'Brien. Yes, Richard why, O'Brien. Why he what he why he was busy during the Apple and why he didn't contribute to this? Mm-hmm. Well, he contributed to this movie. Yes, three songs, and that's kind of what led us to this. I was like, what is this movie listed as musical mm-hmm. with these people in it? We must see this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we did. Yeah. We saw it. And we'll never be the same. <sighs> that is true. Okay, so all that. Right. To say, this movie's fucking weird. It, I would say it's of a time, but it's not. Because, like, I remember movies in the early 80s, and they were not weird. Not but not like this. Um, it's nonsensical at times. Yeah. it's It's a lot of random bits strung together. But it starts out, I would say cohesively because it, it starts is, out fantastically yeah it's a bunch of newsreel footage quote unquote of captain invincible doing stuff throughout the years captain invincible punches <laughs> a nazi in the neck yeah yeah captain invincible pushes a nazi plane into the ocean <laughs> yeah he well, does well the first one was like him taking on uh bootleggers. you know bootleggers and you know in the prohibition mm-hmm. and then it was like oh and then the war happens mm-hmm. and he's fighting nazis yes then he's back home you know inspiring the youngsters <laughs> how to build and, fires and, and one you know like there's a couple of them like the one yeah he's out like with boy scouts Mm -hmm. like showing them how to start fires and another one he's just meeting boy scouts like in front of a school or something yeah to which one of them gets his autograph and he's like what do you want what do you want to be when you grow up son he's like i i want to be you when i grow up and he's like that might not happen yeah no he's like well then i want to be president he's like good for you i'll support you when you are right um and throughout like all of these lurking in the background is christopher lee yes he's he's a shadowy figure in all these cases sometimes he's right there standing next to hitler and other times he's just hanging out in the background like after the scout thing uh captain invincible gets called up in front of the mccarthy (laughs) yeah the mccarthy hearings um because (laughs) he has a red cape and therefore is soviet (laughs) the evil communist so you know he he helped them in a battle during world war ii right yeah he when they were on our side he fought some nazis and helped stalin because that's what we were doing in the war at that time was fighting the Nazis. And, of course, they were like, so you've never served a day in your life. How did you get that rank of captain? Yeah. And he's just like, well, this is a farce. And he walks away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, it disappears. Yes. Until the 80s. Mm-hmm. Then the movie colors up and goes widescreen and <laughs> titles, credits, all that stuff. Yeah. And basically our first shots, like while we're watching the credits, it's him on, you know, Australian rock well, it's faces. Some, someone in okay. air quotes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's someone up on top of like basically a plateau. Um, in the looks in like the Columbo out- up there yeah. <laughs> in, in the outback, and yeah, he's just wearing an overcoat and drunk off his ass, uh, singing New York, New York. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> and just falling over like uncomfortably close to the edge of this plateau. Really close to the edge. Like, yeah. and, and this plane, like. Oh, they buzz. buzzes him like forty-five yeah. times. Yeah, they buzz the, the tower <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So yeah, they got their money's worth of that of that plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, and it's it's weird because it's like he lives out in the outback, maybe sort of, but also lives in Sydney. Yeah. Um, I, I guess he, he wanders. I guess he just he still can fly or whatever. So he just is like, I'm fucking, I'm gonna get drunk and sit on this plateau and yeah, and sing to the echoes. Yeah, he's he's up there for a while, and then it cuts to a news reporter who's interviewing him. Because he's saying, like, yeah, you know, Space Lab fell from oh, right, and yeah. landed in the outback. And here's a witness, uh, yeah. a local Australian man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just flying along. <laughs> and this big thing came right at me. I tried to catch it. But it was like, oh, you tried to catch it. All right, fast. then. <laughs> he's like, no, I was flying. You know. he's like, yes. Oh, okay, right, you yeah. were flying. Okay, that's it from here. <laughs> Back to you. Um, 
So yeah, we've established that he's a washed up drunk. Mm-hmm. Just hanging out, being weird. Um, but then it's... Uh, I think we get our plot, like the... We go to New York, yeah. Yeah, and basically... Well, all right, so first we see this weird plot uh-huh. where uh, Christopher Lee's henchmen are basically... They're throwing dog poop everywhere. Yeah. Um, I really don't understand the beginning of this plot at all because no. ultimately this is like a, a super racist Lex Luthor plot. Yes. Um, from Superman 1, kind of. Yes. Because ultimately what their plan is is they are selling real estate on this. They're selling cheap real estate to these people that are being hypnotized. Well, not cheap. Well, yeah, that's true. They're getting all their money, but they're basically like rounding up all the all these different minorities, putting them on like these little like coastal areas. And I mean, I'll go and spoil it. Eventually, they they want to like create a fault line earthquake thing and have them f- this landmass. They, they just out use the sea. explosives. It looks like and yeah. just right. blow them. I, I, out I, I just I always love the the idea that you know if you just separate land that land is just, all land is just floating on the oh, ocean. Oh yeah, it's just going. Yeah, haven't away. you seen cartoons? I have. Yeah, you just saw through it and it yeah. floats away. Um, but yeah, so that's basically what it's do- what he's doing. So like, we don't really see the full plot of this. Like the beginning part of this is really bizarre. I'm, I'm guessing this was a very truncated and poorly shot, uh, scene where they are stealing this hypno ray thing that, that, mm. that is ultimately what the government is like, Oh shit, they got this. They got the hypno. Ray. Um, but yeah, we just see these henchmen like doing all these dumb things where they look like they're staging some sort of robbery, but we never actually see the robbery. No, we don't. Um, and like I said, that really just now dawned on me. Like, that's how convoluted the way this is shot. Yeah. But eventually we get all of the top brass in, in the war room with the president. In the war room in Australia. Sure. Because someone announces, like, the president's here to visit the U.S. Department of Energy headquarters in Australia. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, my favorite thing is, like, there was no reason to do that because no one really knows what the war room looks like. So. You don't have to pretend where it is. It's yeah. not like we go, that's not the real war room. Yeah, there's, that's real there's dumb. like 50 people on the earth that could tell you that's not the real war room or whatever. But yeah, I, there's I, no fighting in the war room. Yeah, yeah. But speaking of this, I mean, this war room is nothing but Dr. Strangelove references. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big Coke machine in the background, the, the mm-hmm. guy with an eye patch and a metal hand. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, OK, guys, you've seen Dr. Strangelove. That's that's fine. Yeah. Um, but eventually this erupts into our first like official song. Like we kind of got a Captain Invincible song like over the credits, but it was kind of more marchy, you know, like, hey, hooray for Captain Invincible kind of thing. Yeah. You know, this is like people just suddenly in the middle of talking erupt into a musical number. Well, but- everyone, everyone's trying to like the president's like, well, what are we going to do about this? And everyone's giving suggestions and it all boils down to let's nuke the Russians. Yeah. Pretty much. There, there's one like like mad warhawk guy that's yeah. like let's nuke him yeah for every time he says something he's like let's nuke the russians Although the, Fuck whoever the navy guy is in this for some reason is taking captain kirk like pauses on everything he says yeah it's, like it's really stupid pretty amazing <laughs> it's pretty good um, um but we kind of get back-to-back songs sort of because first yes. they're like they're all suggesting things and it all basically all right we we concur that it's this is probably a, a communist plot so let's let's nuke russia mm-hmm. to which the president begins the bullshit song yes which is lyrics are just bullshit 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 shit shit yeah, yeah it's yeah. just him like a minute bullshit. and a half it's just a quick little diddly of just bullshit mm-hmm. um it's the worst song in the world 
it's not a good start. That's no. for sure. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. But I, I, I don't know. I found it kind of hilarious because it's just like, what the fuck is this? It, I, it adds it to was, the... It was disturbing. It, yes. Yeah. But thankfully, it leads into an actual song. Right. Um, which the president, you know, says, you know, what what we need now is a shining hero. That's what we need. Yeah. Now... We need part, a glory man. The yes. best part about this scene, <laughs> glory man. The best part about this scene is this is a, you know this is a, a, a probably a far too accurate American war room with mm-hmm. a whole bunch of old white dudes, mm-hmm. a couple of white ladies, and one black general. I don't know. He's a high ranking dude. He's yeah. in the, he's in the room. He's in the Joint Chiefs. And this song after the bullshit song is like a gospel song, mm-hmm. uh, basically mm-hmm. about how we need this, and they keep cutting to reactions of the black guy just looking at him and he's just got the best like fucking white people look <laughs> yes. and just continually throughout the song they just cut to him he's fucking white people because like they're in line like doing this whole thing like need a hero and, and he's having he's none, yeah, none he's of it yeah that. i mean by the end it's like i i guess the spirit moves him and he, he, he joins up, in yeah. but yeah it's like yeah and it's it's really just we need a hero, and I guess we better go find Captain Invincible because I'm I'm guessing there wasn't a plethora of heroes around yeah, for yeah. them to choose from. Right? Well, I mean, spoiler alert: it turns out that the that the president is the kid, little kid that got his shoulder crushed by mm-hmm. Captain Invincible, and the the signed photograph because mm-hmm. he was the one that wanted to be yes. president. Yep. So he knew he had a chip to call in. Essentially, and, right? I I didn't know that, and I'm like, why does the president? Even give a sh- like, how does the president know that there's some mystical hero man out there mm-hmm. that's going to save the day? And, oh, well, well, I guess, I guess that's how. Yeah, he was a fan. Um, so yeah, it begins a worldwide hunt for well, Captain Invincible, which there was takes a scene, about thirty seconds. Yeah, but there was a scene right before the war room stuff where they actually meet the detective lady who's mm-hmm. out on the street, and the lady's like, "Come quickly, he's over here again," and it's drunk Captain Invincible, right. and she goes over and kind of shoes him away down an alley. To which, like, a robbery breaks out where a dude, like, a dude full is daylight a, downtown Sydney is basically robbing Bishop Desmond Tutu right there in the middle of the of the alley. Uh, to which she's like, freeze, and then instant gun battle. Just blam, blam, blam. Um, I thought other countries were a little less <laughs> shoot-happy than, than no, the man, old, good Australia old USA. No, just but... like, hell yeah, let's do this. Um, so this leads to the bad guy trying to get away in a black Volkswagen bug that's got like a flamethrower under yeah. the hood that's not weird. explained no. which well, is just coming at it's, captain it's invincible one of the, we i think it's, it's actually, one of the well, it's actually the boot because it's the trunk they have their right rear, i know but you know yeah. what i mean i mean you, you i'm saying you could put a flamethrower in there you could i guess in yeah theory. but i mean still but it's weird a and unexplained coming out of the front of a volkswagen <laughs> is a little bit weird yeah. regardless sure. of what compartment it's right. in I, i'm just saying there's space for a sure. flamethrower yeah. in in the front trunk yes we accept that and agree with you but it's weird. Yeah. Sure. And, and it, especially when it's not set up and it's just like, so oh, we, this this Volkswagen is coming towards this mm-hmm. lady and now it's shooting flames. Yeah. And basically it crashes into Captain Invincible and flies up in the air and crashes, lands behind him. He as threw he's, it. Well, okay, whatever. But he just, acts, he just acts like nothing happened. He just keeps walking. And she's like, huh. And then that's when it goes to the war room scene. And then she's in the police station. Everyone's just whatever. And they get, you know, a... A, oh, an international APB uh, from the fax machine that makes Pac-Man noises. <laughs> and it's just a picture of Alan Arkin saying, find Captain Invincible, order of the president. And then all of his aliases. Yes. Uh, the, the legend in Leotards. Leotards, the 
Magnet Mag- man, I don't man know. of magnet. <laughs> he was man of magnet. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, the um, Sultan of SWAT. Yes, but I mean, she's just instantly like, I know where he is. Well, she she recognizes him. She's like, Oh, yeah, that, that he guy. doesn't have glasses on, yeah. so I can tell who he actually is. So they just go to this shitty burned out building where he lives, and she's like, You know, you know, I the world needs you, Captain Invincible, now more than ever. And he's like, Yeah, they say that all the time. I the world sucks. And yeah, he has a song about how you can't tell the difference between heroes and villains. Not just a song, a country song. Sure. If this movie isn't just off the wall enough, a fucking country and western song kicks in. That's the first real introduction to Alan Arkin performing in this movie is a country and western song, Mm -hmm. um, which you know he just explains like, No, the world's fucked. I don't care. And she's kind of like, all right, I tried mm-hmm. and gets ready to leave. But the president has shown up and sneaks in there, uh, tries to wake up Captain Invincible, who's gone to bed. And Captain Invincible starts strangling him because he's startled because that's what happens when someone tries to, you know, take your knapsack or whatever. He <laughs> just strangled him. Uh, and he's like, no, no, no. Th- this you signed my picture when I was I, I'm your president. Yeah. And yeah. Here's here's he's like, the oh, picture. Oh, dear. And look, I have the I have the mark from where you squeeze my shoulder. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he makes something like, "Oh, it's the, it's you know, the sacred mark." Yeah. And it's it's, it's okay. So I'll, I'll say this for Alan Arkin: like, this is not his best film, um, really, by far. Huh. But um, he will try to do something with nothing, like in a lot of this, and so. It comes the time for him to agree to help the president, but he milks it for as long as possible. Kind of like just like, eh. <laughs> like he even gets the rousing speech and then it's just sort of like, well, I know you're the kid. and yeah. I know I said that I would come to your aid at any time if you became president. But uh, I really uh, have more booze to drink and more Australia to piss on. Yeah. And he's like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, so then you kind of cut to him in a tracksuit. <laughs> it looks like he's flying. It looks like he's flying. And you're like, okay, we're going to have a, a montage of him working out to get back in shape. Right. But the camera pulls out and you see he's on a harness in a studio and there's just a bunch of coaches and stuff all around him. And, you know, the joint chiefs are there trying to, you know, see if he's going to be up to shape. And <laughs> he's just... He's hanging from this harness, flying in front of a fake screen forever, and then they just he freaks out. It's like, get me down from here. Um, and then they have to kind of coach him as to what his commands used to be. Like, what did he used to say to turn on all of his powers? Right. Um, Which, you know, I, I not many superheroes have to yell out their powers no. in order to use them. No, and it's also kind of bad foreshadowing when you announce what you're about to do to someone in a room. Um, but yeah, he has three basic powers. He has flight, which he has to say into, into the, the blue. blue. Yep. He has a supercomputer brain. Yes. Which he's what is that like processor on or something like that or computer on? Comput- Engage the brain <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. And then yeah, he magnet has magnet on. on, which is turns on his ever changing powers of magnetism. He can either attract or repel anything magnetic or blow or... up electronics yeah. at, will, at will. Yes. So he he's like okay. <laughs> I'm going to give this a shot now that I know what to say. Um, and he, he tries to fly. He's into the blue and nothing happens. And, and then he just kind of like continues to make sound like effort sounds like <laughs> <laughs> just never moving. He's just in this permanent squatting position, not moving. And all of this is made even weirder looking by the fact that he's standing 
like it doesn't make any sense that in order to practice to fly, he needs to be in this harness with like a green screen behind yeah, him. Yeah, no, that uh, it's like they're getting because he asked for like Dramamine and stuff. It's right. it's like you know, it's like he developed motion sickness over the years, so we got to warm him up to it. Um, but yeah, so he's been standing in front of this green screen that's just continuing to project stuff, yeah, like to make it look like it's flying to us. But what it doesn't help him because he's not looking at it, right? <laughs> I'm just saying it, it, it's weirder because like at this point the film is run out now. It's just like it's usually just switching random colors. <laughs> yes, so. <laughs> But then, like, his magnet thing inadvertently comes on, and every metal thing in the room... Over the course of about 90 <laughs> seconds, every piece of metal that could possibly fly into and stick to him. Right. And, of course, being, like, a vaguely British but mostly Australian thing, like, every woman's clothes are are held together with nothing but a metal pin that, right. when it goes flying, just some sort of harness to keep boobs in is just, you know, expressed to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And then one one of the Joint Chiefs is also wearing lingerie for some reason. Yeah. Because well, and, and Metal Guy's hand has to fly off. But my favorite is that from out of nowhere, like from the side, a <laughs> a classic like revolver comes flying and sticks to him perfectly like barrel to the side of the head. Yes. That's such a good image. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And then like when he's done, like when every piece of metal is stuck to him, he's like, okay, I think I'm done for the day. And the coach goes over and pulls his whistle off of him <laughs> and blows it to signify that they're done. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like a coach referee guy. Yeah, that's it's, coaching him through this for some reason. It's weird. It goes nowhere, but. And then he basically goes to stay. Funny. He basically yeah, sure. goes to stay with the the lady, the well, cop lady. They have a scene where they're walking outside. Sorry, police, police person. Yeah. Cause they're training in the Sydney opera house. Which is like sure. apparently they just had permits to, f- base. to film on those steps, and he, you know, he's he's like, you know, where, what street are we on? Where's Broadway? What is what's going on here? And she's like, you're in Sydney, and he's like, Australia? What the hell? <laughs> I've been in Australia this whole time. That's why everything is slightly off, <laughs> not quite looking right. Um, but yeah, they go back to her place, um, and it's just there's another weird song. Uh, I think. Mostly because his magnet powers start going crazy again when she bends over. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, oh. So he has a scene where she's like, uh, here, have a look around and do whatever. And he goes over to the bar where there's alcohol. Mm-hmm. And this becomes a running theme of just like, oh, dear God, alcohol. Um, so he goes through this whole thing where he like just freaks out. And he's basically like, I can't do this. And she sings him a song. Yeah. I Okay. I see heaven in your eyes. <laughs> I'm just going to say this, and I don't mean this to be mean, but like, she is a very odd choice for a leading lady in a movie like this because they they say all these things like she's a rookie cop. You know, she's like 45. Yeah, she <laughs> she's a little bit older, and she looks like 80s mom. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, not this is not a bad thing. I'm just no. saying it, it's a strange choice for this movie because she's singing this song, and I mean. I, I don't know. Singing voices can be totally different than actual voices. Mm-hmm. Sounds absolutely nothing like her. Doesn't sound like a noise that should be coming from this person no. um, at all. Mm-mm. And so it's just, it's all weird and awkward. And yeah, it's just strange. Like, I, I, I do like, though, towards the end of her song, she is just devotedly singing this song to him while he is just kind of staring off into space, not really acknowledging it, but just like with this stern look of just like uh, mm-hmm. end scene and <laughs> and then he just goes over and kind of swats the record player which ends her song oh yeah he does interrupt your song and he's just like okay fine I'll do it <laughs> that just stops the song <laughs> that gets out of the music number which is a pretty good ending to a musical number yeah probably should have happened about 30 seconds to a minute yeah sooner, but... it's, it, 
Again, I mean, if you, if you were going to do that joke, I mean, just I'm saying, like, yeah. do it a little faster because that song was kind of yeah. insufferable. Um, hmm. So that kind of snaps him into he's ready, kind of, and he goes to demonstrate this to the Joint Chiefs, and they have him demonstrate his computer brain. Yeah, he's like, I'm confident now. My powers will work. So, yeah, he turns on his robot brain because they've set up a series of... He's got like the Sydney phone book, mm-hmm. crime records, An appliance manual or catalog. It's, yeah, it's like just a bunch of stuff. Just for a him whole to bunch learn. of information to, to pa- parse through like yeah. really quickly, and it, it all seems to be going fairly well, except for like everything's kind of smoking because of like you know the power draw or his brain or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like he's he gets these weird like he's basically got an old pro- front projection TV thing shot at his face to which he needs 3d glasses uh for this to work properly (laughs) and then uh the lady cop basically comes and starts thumbing through books really fast in front of his face to which he's also processing computer information Mm -hmm. um and is finally like all right stop it i've got it and starts explaining how he tracked this guy to working at this appliance shop Mm -hmm. and but then his brain goes crazy and starts running and like fast forward so that's this whole Long, convoluted. Yeah. Please keep hitting my head to reset the processor. Yeah. Um, Finally, he just puts his head through a wall. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good now. It's dumb. It Like, here's but, what's weird about this movie. It's like... <laughs> well, there's a lot weird <laughs> one, about this one movie. thing. Well, I'm just saying, like, here, here's a, we- a weird thing about this movie. Go on. Um, this scene is goes on forever. It's a really dumb gag. Mm-hmm. It's not very funny mm-hmm. to probably anyone. And then there's other visual dumb gags in this movie that are hilarious. Yeah. And and it seems like they're the ones that are just kind of like, yeah, here's a gag. You know, like. It's whatever. And, I mean, and, then, and then there's things like this that are just like, oh, my God, please yeah. get to something. There and are several bits like this where it's just like, okay, that's, got it. That's that's <laughs> what we're Okay. Yeah. Thank we're you. doing chipmunk voice and he can't stop talking. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Yep. It's like you see it coming. You're like, oh, dear. And then it just doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, but then it does. Yeah. <laughs> and they go to the appliance shop to track down whatever the fuck he learned in all of his computering. Um, yeah. And <laughs> apparently they wanted him to get here because see, Chris, like, we keep seeing, see, we keep seeing Christopher Lee. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Uh-huh. Brain computer. Went bad <laughs> um, we keep seeing Christopher Lee uh, operating things from this remote bunker type situation yep um and uh, and simultaneous to that he also keeps he's generally petting uh some sort of animal that at the end of the scene he feeds to the next thing in the food chain <laughs> yes like i think it starts <laughs> with a slug sitting on his shoulder yeah slug to a frog slug to a frog frog to like a snake, snake and then a snake, snake to, to a, a like a vulture yes uh, <laughs> And he also has a weird alien monkey creature who hangs Friend. out with him. Yeah, yeah they sort of never really explained that one. No, there's a hint of what that is later that they don't even draw attention to. You have to be looking for it. Oh, um, okay then. But when we get there, I'll all right, I'll mention it. But, um, but, but yeah, yeah so there's there's a bunch of those little vignettes of that just to keep Christopher Lee's presence in the sure. movie, which only serves to like they show up to this place and there's nobody here because it's a, a trap, right? That Christopher Lee is about to spring from afar with mm-hmm. the press of a button, which they walk in and like the door locks behind them and it's like a vacuum cleaner repair shop. Yes, it is. And for no reason whatsoever, all the vacuum cleaners come to life and start attacking them. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like besides, you know, 
canister vacuum cleaners becoming menacing, you know, automatons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also sucking the air out of them, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> no. they're like, oh, the air, right. it's getting thin. Now, okay, there are two Raiders of the Lost Ark gags in this mm-hmm. scene, which wasn't expecting, but they're done they're done well in a way that it's not like ah look at what we're doing but also eh, <laughs> yeah you could have done that better because mm-hmm. there's there's one shot of a skull with two uh vacuum cleaner hoses coming out of the eyes like snakes <laughs> um and then later there's like so alan arkin has tried to do things he spins around for a while and it's just a, another mm-hmm. long stretch of gags where you're just like oh god please stop He's upside down at one point, goes up into the ceiling, comes down. When he lands, there's a hose right in front of him like a snake, like mm-hmm. a, like the cobra in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that's kind of good, too. But he then fights it with his Raiders hand. Raiders of the Lost Arkin? Yes. There's oh, the episode title. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> he, he fights it like making his own hand a snake and then wrestles it. And even even he can't convince himself to keep doing it. Eventually, he just stops and is just like, whatever. Wasn't there a third one? Because didn't one of the vacuum cleaner things come up? And that's when she was just like... And pulls out a gun and shoots. She it. does just start shooting vacuum cleaners. Right, but I mean, did she also kind of like just give a maybe? Because like, yeah, you know, that could have been. Yeah. I think one like really large vacuum cleaner hose came up, and <laughs> okay. she was just like, Pfft. okay, yeah. But there's there's like 800 gags in this sure. scene. Like, there's one point where she does blast one vacuum cleaner that explodes into bits, and then the other vacuums go to vacuum up the bits that have <laughs> spilled <laughs> yeah. out on the floor. Also, they keep shooting these, and like sometimes they bleed or something. Yeah, something comes shooting out of them. There's, when they first start attacking, they they attack like around Arkin's ankle, and he's just for a good thirty seconds is just going, eh, eh. <laughs> just shaking his well, leg like. Eh, What's well, even better about that is there's like eighty of them attacking her, <laughs> yes. and he's just got water wrapped around his ankle. He's just going, eh. <laughs> eh. So, that's the thing about this movie is it'll hit you with like ten minutes of garbage, and then just. Bam! Out of nowhere, it's a like five great dumb yeah, gags in a row. They've hit on a, a, an actual gag that works, and mm-hmm. it's just like okay. Yeah, but they basically, I don't they more or less make the place explode as they just walk away. Like, oh, we're done. Kinda. I mean, they seem to leave everything, which is like sort of exploding. Yeah, they well, they see like whatever it is that Christopher Lee is using to spy on them, and he's like, oh, okay, I, it's, it's I know who it is now. Um, let's go, let's go tell the boys. And so yeah, they they shoot like one thing. Well, I don't. I, yeah, I, he might have figured it out now. But like they they go back to the headquarters. And the other thing about this hypno ray is it also has like Joker powers because it leaves. No, no. It. they have a giggle gun. Remember? Okay. Oh, that's right. That, oh, they sorry. used the giggle gun. Sorry. To steal the hypno ray. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a line someone says, and you and I about lost it. <laughs> it like, that's true, sir. They used the giggle gun to steal the hypno ray. <laughs> yes. How dare I forget that? <laughs> Because the first use of the hypno ray was, I think, actually when they go to whatever the Australian Pentagon is, that they didn't need no, to make the Australian Pentagon. That's the giggle gun. Everyone's outside okay. with their clothes Sorry, off, yes. giggling like idiots. I was going to say there was there was some gratuitous nudity because everyone's just running around naked. Yes, and the president's like, put a top on that woman. Yeah, but yes, they've also used the giggle gun on all the Joint Chiefs or whatever because yeah. they go back to their training ground at the yeah. Opera House and they're all just they're giggling. They're all they're all all like tied up to the ceiling and giggling and yeah. whatever and he's just like and and you know they're like what oh my god how, how did they find us this was all a trap mm-hmm. and you've got a mole the cops like come busting in like ha you did this because mm-hmm. i don't know we jumped to conclusions yes and they escape and that's when he reveals is like only one person could be this maniacal and devious to well, set, set me up like this again they escape because he finally figures out how to fly but not well oh right yeah he's kind of you know greatest american heroing throughout the scene of 
just like you know we're flying and just like oh but we're aiming at the water and he's like you know trying to not do that and and, and, and it's a really dumb thing that they go to all the time where he's you know superman flying and she's just sitting casually on his back <laughs> yes sitting on his back uh and they went they end up in some suburbs because they're way far out they go through like some laundry and stuff and they're pretty far yeah. away and that's and yeah he basically said this has to be mr midnight yeah it's the only one that could do this and he's tried to set me up over the years and this mm-hmm. has got to be him and yeah and that's when they get on the the train to go back and they're they're in disguise they're in trench oh, coats yeah. because the world is looking for them now because obviously they are who knows bad guys right but so yeah they get on this train which then kind of just becomes the ballad of mr midnight yeah which is alan arkin basically being his hype man mm-hmm. telling the story of how this guy is everywhere and he's evil and also the best song in the movie <laughs> without a doubt yeah this is one of the richard o'brien yes easily yeah, yes definitely. and uh it's just it's like <laughs> it's christopher lee in his lair with a bunch of scantily clad women dancing about while all singing the praises of mr midnight while he's just basically standing in the middle of the scene just like mm-hmm, yep well he's <laughs> he's doing like one line yes little poems about you know since the beginning of time mm-hmm. there have been people that have done crime mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and it was me <laughs> mr midnight yeah so mr. it's a big long hype song yeah. for mr midnight well actually the song is like mr evil midnight because mm-hmm. they, yeah mr yeah. evil mr evil yeah. midnight but yeah, um, that's yeah, just it's a song. It's the most animated song for oh, yeah. the most part. Like everyone's kind of into this. There, I mean, they're even having Alan Arkin dance around on this bus or train or whatever it is they're on. Yeah, you know, it's it's a train set that well, sure, well, I mean, green screen behind, but a green screen behind it, which is funny because the doors never close. It's like you really couldn't even just operate the doors to close. Like no. this, like what subway nope. flies through the city with doors open? Yeah, this one apparently. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. But, um, yeah, anyway, uh, I'm trying to remember how, how they managed to dick around for a while before they go find Chris Lee. I know they he jumps to some conclusion. He's like, all right, we're going to going to this place called a deli. Is that the next? Well, thing? OK, so they that song ends and immediately they fly off and he starts singing again, like instantly another song, which is just basically like into the blue. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's just this goes on forever as they fly all the way to New York. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and yeah, for whatever reason, he's like, I I know the place. This is got to go to this deli. Well, they stop first at his former hideout, which is the skull of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, because there's a scene on Liberty Island where there's a tour and the tour guide, you know, someone asked the tour guide, can we go up to the head? And they're like, no, no, they closed that 30 years ago. Cut to him hanging out in what used to be his headquarters. Oh, um, his headquarters. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> See, the movie could have done that joke, but it didn't. Um, it's too smart for that. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> but yeah, so he does a thing where he flips a bunch of switches and is like, I can determine the the pulse of the world. I just have to strap myself into this chair and put Turn a... Turn on my brain computer. Yeah, and put on like a vision thing from a optometrist. And then he finds out they're at the deli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they go to this deli. Ah, man. <laughs> How to describe this scene? Well, uh, you at this point were I, I, thoroughly I, enraptured by whatever was on your phone. I was checking. Yeah, I, I checked out of the movie for a little bit for a few minutes. I, I all right. So I, pay, I paid right, it I did too. I paid attention to the beginning of the scene because basically he walks into this deli 
and goes to the guy and he's like, wait, 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 hold on. We got to talk about how he enters the room. <laughs> well, we have to talk about how he enters the deli. <laughs> because <laughs> he walks in full Captain Invincible outfit and it's record scratch. Like everyone in the deli stops and looks at him and he just makes this noise like, hello. <laughs> and then everyone immediately goes back oh, about okay. their business. It's the most, it's the strangest disarming thing I've ever heard. Hello. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. To fully describe, we we haven't described his outfit. No. Like it's, it's full silver, silver. spandex. Mm-hmm. But the, the, he has a you know a chest symbol as you do yes um but like his red cape is basically held on by like eagle talons mm-hmm. on his shoulders because when he's in full getup he has a eagle head eagle. yeah a helmet hat. thing yeah. yes it's not really a helmet it's more of a hat yeah I guess. Sure. kind of a cap yeah. eagle cap yeah. <laughs> he, he wears it a lot uh, when he fights the nazis yeah um <laughs> but yeah so he's just fully american eagle everything yeah yeah so that causes the deli to to question that for a second, but right. or immediately are okay with it because he goes hello. <laughs> yeah, so the, they they both have like concocted this thing off screen where they're like, well, we can pass as New, <laughs> New Yorkers, Yorkers if if we just act like New Yorkers. So so he's like, All right, I'll take a pastrami and a salami on rye, and mm-hmm. she's like, and also I'll take some. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Like, suddenly he looks at her like, what are Ooh. you doing? <laughs> yeah. But they catch the 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 deli counter guy. Well, not he being he, authentic because he puts mayonnaise on the corned beef. Yeah, but he's he's also like, and we'll also take some information on Mister Midnight, and he's like, I don't know uh, what I you're talking know. about. I've worked here for twenty five years. He's like, oh yeah, well, why are you putting mayonnaise on? And he's just like, I. <laughs> well, well, he, well, he's like, would you, would you like to try to get fish, <laughs> which is not <laughs> the kind of fish it is. It's no. this gigantic no. trophy <laughs> fish that's also a fish gun. It's a billy bass with a <laughs> machine gun in it. <laughs> I don't know who. I think it's actually a Tommy Bass. So Tommy. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know who built this prop, but I would like to shake that man's hand and buy him a beer. Yeah, it is a magnificent, fully automatic <laughs> fish gun. Oh, I know what kind of fish it was. It was a Sturgeon. <laughs> Get out, Sturgeon. Gun. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> The customers all clear out of here. Don't bring a swordfish <laughs> to a stir gun fight. <laughs> Shit. Damn it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's cleared out, except for that guy behind the counter and, and the, the other, two of them. other henchmen. Well, there's and other there are a couple henchmen. other well, employees. Yes, yeah. because one, fucking Mitch Gaylord's into the scene, <laughs> just backflip. And at first I thought it was the store owner. Like I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> And he just backflips in and goes over and mans like a hot dog cannon, which only fires like once or twice. Nothing really good comes from it. Um, but this starts a massive food fight. Yes. So like a guy with the, <laughs> with the filter fish gun <laughs> is just shooting up the place, just constantly shooting up the place. Meanwhile, everyone else is just throwing food at each other and it becomes like a massive food fight and then it becomes basically nothing but a pie fight Mm -hmm. so it's just throw pie at you you didn't duck the pie i'm gonna take a bite of this pie and i'll throw that at you that goes on for a while and i'm like wow they really just threw a pie fight into this movie it goes on for like a minute and a half Uh uh-huh but then Then, it saves itself (laughs) because captain invincible pops up from behind what he's hiding behind (laughs) 
with this giant metallic symbol for pie, <laughs> which he flings at the dude with the gun and puts an end to that shit. It's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, that's the kind of movie this is, where it's just like, huh? What? A pie. <laughs> which, if you're a kid watching this in 1983, you're, oh, not, yeah. you're not like, what? <laughs> but... I don't know. Superman would have just torn it off of his emblem. Yeah. On that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's dumb. Everyone hates that. It, it is terrible. I know. Okay. So. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, pie fight. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, that should yeah. be. That's really just, <laughs> just symbols and drums. <laughs> and <that's... laughs> Captain Invincible wins. So but, uh, I guess he got information. No, he falls down the He falls the down the chute. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's okay. I was like, how did he go from pie fight to mm-hmm. fighting when he, yeah. He, well, all right. So he gets on this. This is the first time we've heard it more or less, but like he gets on this whole things were better in the 50s rant and he's just storming <laughs> around like he, he's kind of started this whole like. Uh, nothing's changed, and he and he keeps listening to the radio. Like he's like she's not on. Yeah, she, he just keeps saying that, which I thought was going to be like some. You know, he, he was waiting for a message from some lost love or whatever. I was hoping that the Statue of Liberty would come to alive, <laughs> come to life through the magic of the NES Advantage and save the day. <laughs> and the pink slime under New York City. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, he's talking about like radio freedom or whatever yeah. it was of some yeah. radio station, I guess. Yeah. So but, that. Eagle America Radio. Right. Uh, to which but he, Lady he, Cop he, wet blanketed him immediately. She's like, that's never coming back. That's yeah. over. Yeah, it's been done for a long time. But like his speech was basically every speech from 70s movies where it's just like government got shitty, you know, Vietnam, Nixon, blah, blah, blah. So it's just like everything sucks. You know, things used to mean something. People used to get dressed up. You know, cool stuff used to happen. It's the same speech that probably Christopher Lee would give because he's also doing the whole thing of let's clear out all the minorities out of New York. Mm-hmm. But it's just short of that. It's just like, hey, let's all just be cool again. But everyone can do it. <laughs> so that's. Yeah. So he's just been going on this rant, which really just prompts him to storm around this now destroyed Delhi. Um, and he just walks behind a booth, which is like, that's where the trap door to hell is because i think it was a song i think i think that this was oh was he i think after they won this fight there was another song and then that ended by him falling down the hole right yeah which (laughs) you know he falls down the hole screaming for like a good 20 seconds yeah and then like they cut away to christopher lee like ah you know captain invincible should be with us soon prepare henchman Mm -hmm. and it cut back to he's still just falling down this endless hole (laughs) right yeah and eventually he lands and it's just you know comic book characters for no reason henchmen just every ridiculous vague themed costume that could be down there <laughs> right the doctor with the giant yeah, syringe just and ridiculous like what the hell is even happening some but lady in like a french made outfit or something probably, with a bat I don't know. yeah I don't know. but they all you know attacking kind of the, the the best bit of this is the uh, there's a do- the comic doctor with the giant needle goes to attack him and runs into a power grid and just yeah. that man, they blow this dummy across the room. They just yeah, they do. He jabs this thing with his needle, and then just boom, <laughs> fly this thing across the room. That was pretty good. That yeah. made me go whoa. <laughs> but he he mostly manages to, to dispatch most of the hitchman off yeah. screen, like yeah. because like there's a whatever reason there's a snooty French maid, maitre d character. Yes, it's kind of like half 
uh, Christopher Lee's butler, but also just another one of these things. Yeah. But he runs off when he sees that, you know, they're getting thoroughly wasted and mm-hmm. just goes back to report like, uh, but yeah. sir, like, you know, like he's often in the background right. of this movie. Yeah. Like there is one scene where he was, I guess, shagging a couple of the the lady helpers or something. There was one scene that went by in Benny Hill style because I think they much. figured the scene was super fucking boring without it. Um, right. That just meant nothing. It, it just is it a dinner scene where they eventually ate the vulture or whatever that ate the snake. That yeah. ate the, the, oh, so they were just having like evil chain. turducken. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He fed all the things to the thing and then he ate it. So, <laughs> all right. Because he's evil. Um, he's, he's also the got a, the food chain. Yeah. He's got a giant swimming pool with all the little islands that he sent all the minorities to. And uh, the butler in those scenes is also standing in that pool yep. holding a silver tray with a bottle of champagne and two <laughs> champagne glasses. Yes. Just standing still back there. Mm-hmm. And he's even doing it in a later scene where everything is going <laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> right. For his side. So um, so the next gag, like he's dispatched with the henchmen. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we talked about gags that take their time getting there. This one might be king, but also kind of be the one that's most worth it mm-hmm. because it's it's framed in such a way that Christopher Lee has this control panel with with all you can really tell is that it's he's got like snake pit and something pit and you can't really read what they are. Yeah. So Captain Invincible is walking down you know this hallway towards where Christopher Lee is and he gets hit with a snake pit. Mm-hmm. So he falls into a snake pit and then you know like jumps you know Flies his way out, essentially. Yep. He has to, you know, pick some snakes off of him because, ah, annoying snakes. Mm-hmm. Walks a few more feet, gets dropped into an alligator pit, to which mm-hmm. he, again, has to fly out like, whoo you know. Yeah. And, and the payoff, like, I, I'm saying this all fairly quickly. Like, these are extended, like, you know, Luke fall into the Rancor pit. Like, yeah. oh, no, kind of climb my way back out. And he does. Mm-hmm. Falls in the alligator pit. And then you see Chris Release <laughs> next button <laughs> says Peach Pit. Which Peach the- Pit number two. Oh, he's got yeah, several. Right. Sure. <laughs> he's got what? banks of all these buttons. But basically, it's a giant Peach Pit <laughs> hanging from the ceiling to which gets dropped on Captain Invincible. Yes. Conks him on the head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't keep it's, him down long, though. But It's such a dumb gag, but like the, the link they went to get there. Yeah. Oh, man. Like. They they had to make a control panel. Uh, yeah, they had to build some things in the floor for him to fall into. Mm-hmm. They built a giant peach pit. <laughs> they built a giant uh, yeah. peach pit. It's it's weird. Like it seems like they wouldn't do all of that in service of this peach pit joke. I would think that they would start off like let it would be funny to make him fall down a series of pits, and then like why don't we throw yeah. this gag in there? But I don't know with this movie. They may have just started with like, uh, heroes usually fall into some kind of pit. Well, what if the pit fell onto the hero? If yeah. it was a giant peach pit. Huh? Okay, do it. Big control panel. Let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. That's probably about how it went. I mean, like, he has a line when they're leaving the vacuum shop where he's just like, well, you know what they say, nature abhors a vacuum. Huh? Uh, you know, it's like, oh, dear God, just get out. <laughs> yeah, so. I think he, he said that's why now I know why they say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he gets conked with the peach pit and then basically catches up to Christopher Lee and is like, I've got you. You're, you're going down now. And Christopher Lee is like, oh, yeah, well, wait a second. It goes over and pushes a button to which basically like Vanna White reveals <laughs> this giant fully stocked bar yep. with several already ready made drinks. Mm-hmm. It's also, I mean, this giant double pyramid, like 70s entertaining, like 
somebody, some crazy lunatic multimillionaire would have this in their house like, oh, would you like a drink from the bar? And this would raise up out of the floor yeah. and then the top would come off of it and there would be, you know, I don't know what kind of drinks people preferred in the 70s, but all of them, mm-hmm. yes. all of those would be there. All of those. <laughs> things, Fondue in the middle. Things made with gin and sadness. <laughs> mm, That's what yeah. they preferred in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is, this begins another Richard O'Brien song, which is Pick Your Poison. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll bring my boys in. <laughs> yeah. This is also a really good song. It is, yeah. It's the second best song in the movie. Um, um, but yeah, this is Christopher Lee actually tries to sing a little bit more in this one. The first one was just like, I am talking menacingly. Yeah. He goes full opera yeah. in this song. And it really, when you boil it down, this Captain Invincible's kryptonite is alcoholism. <laughs> so right. that's been the running thing throughout this movie. And that's this is the scene where Lex Luthor introduces him to kryptonite. But instead, it's just a tower of booze. Um, man, all the man, all the dancers come in and they're just super into all of this. Mm-hmm. While Alan Arkin just has to sit on the floor and look disgusted. He has a lot of scenes where he has to tolerate the singing that's happening to him. Pretty um, much, yeah. Which, as an actor, has to be hard just to sit there and not laugh. And <laughs> Now, the, the, the best thing, I mean, the song is good and catchy and everything. And when what's funny, fun about it is... We didn't even mention it, but like the the, the first um, like the war room song, like they very obviously like show you the stagehands like roll in this band oh, in yeah. the background. There's wheel in the band behind like, the president, like, you know, with people in shiny yeah. you know jumpsuits like pushing this little stage for them in. But like in this one, I I appreciate that the th- the three dancing girls came out and back up the song, and then like the song goes over, and they all just kind of like look at the camera, and, like you know, yeah, like <laughs> shuffle off like right. okay, we this done. Yeah. Song, all right. <laughs> um, but but. The other thing is, it's never really established if Mr. Midnight is has any powers beyond evil, except he likes to do wizard hands. So there's several points. In the, I think that may be part of his power because he's, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's constantly and, like, you know, using some Doctor Strange hand movements. It's mostly just throwing up the horns and pointing at things. Yeah, so but it gets different. Like, sometimes it's like, OK, I'll put out two fingers. I mean, he just like I said, he's doing some well, weird this first two thing, in the drink, one in the. Yeah, yeah that's what he's doing. Um so like the song ends and you think captain invincible is going to start drinking that's the end of it but the lady cop has gone back to the statue of liberty which man Mm -hmm. that's a weird sentence and has she's like in tears i don't know what her deal is but she just decides that she can't make it make things work for captain invincible she doesn't know what's happened last time she saw him he fell down a hole yeah (laughs) well she's sad maybe she's sad about that but then she's just like well i'll just pretend to get on radio free america or whatever and and play the, his favorite record god bless america uh, no radio is free in america Jack. oh okay well Capitalism. you have to pay your fcc yeah. licensing get your well, communist radio out of my sorry ears. this factual inaccuracy of this Mono movie but, um, but yeah so she does radio. that while just crying her eyes out mm-hmm. sitting in his electric chair um electric chair. and this this fires him up like nothing i mean this is just like oh yeah he actually stands up and goes raw. Well, apparently he's just had the static of Radio Free America playing on his uh, yeah the, yeah his his yeah his, his wristwatch his wristwatch, which is a giant old timey radio. Yeah. Well, it's a tiny old yeah, t- yes, tiny still. large old timey radio. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he's just like, no, I'm not going to drink your alcohol. And so Christopher Lee does starts doing the hand thing, and it looks like he's invisible fishing. And it's like, what did you just do? It's like, I hooked you and... And then he runs away. And you're like... He hauls ass. (laughs) It's like, 
what the hell? <laughs> and then from off screen, Captain Invincible looks behind him and also runs off. And then this giant fucking missile comes in <laughs> and just blows up half the set. Oh, blows up the bar. Like it was specifically yeah. goes after the bar. I well, think. it hits like this console oh, behind right. yeah. that. And then the bar also yeah. goes up yeah. in just a stupendous explosion. It's so funny that, 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 you know, <laughs> heavy metal fingers and ooh, whoop. <laughs> Like he reached out and snatched it and yanked it towards him. And then. <laughs> yeah. That whole bit was just like, what's happened? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so Christopher Lee has run into his pool, which we didn't explain earlier. He's got this pool with all the minority islands yeah, in we, it. We kind of talked about it. Well, yeah, but he had set it off mm-hmm. earlier to where the islands had started exploding. It was the superman one thing of you know right. like okay time to separate the islands so that had already started mm-hmm. yeah so um, they're, they're these people are ostensibly like floating around on these little islands yeah at this all, point. yes all on their own little islands floating around um so he's in the pool just laughing maniacally and setting off even more of these things and the pool is like mimicking what's really happening he has a little tiny yeah. uh firework style <laughs> explosive set up <laughs> so that he can also watch the tiny model version. Yes. This, as we know, is much cheaper than actually doing (laughs) effects on a large scale. And so Captain Visible runs in, and there's a giant globe that he just picks up and chucks it at Christopher Lee. That's not the first thing he does, though. He He doesn't do much except dodge a lot of stuff when he runs into the room. This doesn't last long because the room is already pretty much exploding when he gets in there. There was something he did first, but I can't remember what it was. But that I guess it doesn't really matter okay. in the grand scheme of things. All right. I thought there was something that he did first that was important, but apparently not. But he does pick up the globe and huck it right at Christopher Lee's head. Right, which causes everything to go up. Like, it knocks mm-hmm. Christopher Lee back into the water, and then everything in the pool just starts exploding. Everything. But I think it's just the stuff in the pool. It's not the actual islands that are exploding at this point. It's just his model not to scale just blowing up all over the place. And that's kind of the end of the plot. Mm-hmm. It like everyone is saved, although maybe not. We don't know. But and he chucks the gro- globe, and I <laughs> ran away. <laughs> yes. And then he's just flying over New York. Well, no, he goes to see the president. Um, and you know they're doing the photo op thing, and mm-hmm. and <laughs> this is oh they they seem like they could not care less about being around each this other. Is- Kind of amusing to where the president is just being kind of a dick. He's like, well, you know, I I hope you might come back around sometime in the future. And (laughs) Captain Vincible's like, yeah, sure, I probably will. They're just immediately like, nothing is going to come from this, you piece of shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then he goes out flying with this lady with a bullhorn and is just like, hey, you people down there. Yeah. Stop being dicks. (laughs) We're we're going to... We're strong. Make things good like yeah. they were, but different because it's all of us. And he's basically all, like, "Don't let them divide us." We're all part of a gang, yeah. the, the strongest gang in the world. Yeah. He never really says like Americans. No, he's, he's just, like, just us. We're a gang. <laughs> yeah, he's like, gang. "Don't don't let them divide you. Let's all join together, and we'll be a powerful gang." Yeah. Good night, everybody. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> sure is. Credits just bam. <laughs> yep. Um, we left out one scene, which was the Captain Invincible origin story. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shit. So we did. Oh, right. Leaves us all the time in the world to talk about it now. Um, so there's a bit where she's like, so how did you become you? And yeah, how like, were you you before you? What were you before It's this? a yeah. long story. Right. Which is, it's not really. It's really not. Um, it's his parents having sex and aliens show up. His parents having sex on like, apparently on like the the, the Capitol Green or whatever. Yeah, you, right whatever in front of the Washington Green. Monument or yeah. something. It's just like they're right there. The National Mall. National Mall, yeah. yeah. 
um, aliens show up and watch them and then start shaking and then start spewing alien stuff on them. Did it, it like, spewed like alien, alien rays, rays, perhaps? Yeah. Or but, perhaps those rays are alien sperm. Sure. But then that, that explains where she came from or, or where he comes from because... Mm-hmm. Like she gets hit with these and says something stupid and yeah, um, he's a cr- his he's father asks well his Earth father asks him <laughs> how she liked it or something yeah and she's like oh out of this, it was world. Out of this world yeah but and, she actually sounds like oh it was out of this world yeah but then there's like a hospital scene where it seems like we're in the 1800s or something because. I don't know. I just feel Victorian like Victorian times. I, I guess, but it's it's like, what were you doing, hanging out, <laughs> having sex in the nation's capital? <laughs> That's more well, of a nineteen sixties okay. thing. I know. I understand the timeline. Yeah, it I was just, gonna it say just, if he was thirty, forty, I know, nineteen forty. I know. It's just it was using stock footage from nineteen fifties sci fi movies that was throwing me off, basically. Oh, sure. So okay. Um, but yeah, so there's a weird hospital scene and it was like, you're, the doctor is weird in this. He's just like, you've got a giant baby. <laughs> Come see the baby. Surprise, it's a boy. <laughs> and it's a big one. <laughs> Come in. And they go in and it's up on the ceiling and he says, you know, into the blue. But Yeah. Into the blue. Yeah. So yeah, basically Captain Invincible is space Jesus. Pretty much, yes. The thing that I was going to point out about the weird monkey sidekick that Christopher Lee has okay. is that he is standing behind the aliens in shadow in that scene. Like, all of the aliens are lit. That character is also standing there. Christopher Lee is? No, the oh. monkey oh. guy. So that he came from those people. He was. He's in that scene. He's standing there. Okay. So that's where he's from. All right. I don't know if he was their pet, <laughs> but he's standing in that scene. So he's from whatever got Captain Invincible pregnant. Okay. With, I don't know, whatever. Just, it's this movie. Jesus. <laughs> Space Jesus. Spezus. Yeah. So, uh, Stargrove, technically? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. All the songs are pretty much talking about exactly what's happening. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you just had all musicals have to get a Stargrove. I think that's just how it works. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, default. So ratings, ratings. Any other no instant awards or mm-hmm. anything else? Nah. Yeah. I uh, nah. I I uh, I honestly don't even know. This movie has me thrown. I, I someone else go. I, okay. I have no idea. Chuck's gonna go. I'm gonna go. Help us out, Chuck. I went back and forth on this for a while, and it's. <sighs> It's it's a difficult movie to put in context with anything else because there's nothing like it. It's it's completely off the wall. Even though going into it knowing it's a musical, when the first song starts, you're like, "What?" The bullshit song starts, and you're like, "Oh God, this is this is gonna be bad." This there's something weird here. So, all right, look, I'm a huge Alan Arkin guy. Like I've pretty much seen everything that man has ever made. I love Alan Arkin to death. This, as I said, is not one of the best Alan Arkin movies. But also, like I said, he is devoted to finding something in every scene that he can do to make the most of it. And I always appreciate that from an actor. So I'm giving it a jocks for Alan Arkin. One jocks for Alan Arkin. One jocks for Alan Arkin. I'm giving it another jocks for everything else. That's <laughs> that, that's it. It's an all encompassing jocks of the gags that work and Christopher Lee and a couple of the song bits that are kind of catchy and just the overall tone the 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 feeling of what the fuck is happening what's happening next what's happening now 
what is this movie? It just it it's baffling, but not in a way that's like, oh, just get out of here, movie. I mean, it's like it. Every time you think it's going to start failing and failing miserably, they will throw something at you, either a well-done song or a gag, and it's like, okay, I'm kind of back in. So it never lost me. I give it credit for its good things. I fully admit it's got some horrible garbage in it, um, and none of it makes any sense, but two jocks. There. Okay. it's pretty reasonable. You still on the fence? Still thinking yours through? Uh, a little. Okay. I will go then. I will also... I'm going to cheat off of Chuck a little bit. Um, I will give it one jocks for Alan Arkin, who always acts, mm-hmm. who is never not acting his butt off in this movie, except for when he's laying down on the ground crying. <laughs> um, I will give it one jocks for the gags, which are a welcome respite in a sea of otherwise incoherent, stapled together scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will give it a third jocks for the remainder of the weirdness and the three good songs (laughs) and Christopher Lee just, I almost want to give a jocks, like not to this movie, but, but but to Christopher Lee for personally laying it on. Yeah. To just give him like this movie, three jocks and the fourth jocks that it might've had was only because Christopher Lee was there just being Christopher Lee, which is fucking wonderful. He is he takes his part so seriously mm-hmm. like Alan Arkin does too, but he's got a, you know, kind of a comedic role. So he's, he's got some goof to him. Christopher Lee is just laser focused on being this intense bad guy. Yeah. And he does goofy shit, but you can never see that he thinks it's goofy or the character thinks it's goofy. It is just like maximum menace from Christopher Lee. And, and that's impressive as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we can't give, you know, individual jocks away to, you know, individual actors, no. um, this that's all that's going to stay wrapped up in that third jocks. Okay. So I'm going to keep it at three. It's it's a three with a caveat, though. <laughs> Just fair warning. This is this movie does not stick together well. It's going to. It's going to throw you places where you're going to. You're just going to have to catch up eventually. Um it doesn't do a good job of telling the story. Mm-hmm. However, it's bonkers in so many good ways. I agree. Three yep. jocks. Um, I think I, I think I've landed on. I think I can award this movie a single jocks, and all of the reasons that you said it, it's good are true. I just think that the the down points are are so down. Like they're so long and drawn out. Like the the songs when they're bad are really bad, and the gags when they're bad are really bad. However, like when it decides to like have a thought out joke or a clever song, this movie's quite enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's so out there; it's a thing I say you have to see, so it can't go into bags territory. Like I would, I have to recommend this movie just because it's you know two amazing actors doing this goofy ass thing and singing and all of the other wacky shit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a disjointed movie. You're going to enjoy parts of it and just like kind of loathe other parts. Cause they're just, they drag on so long and like that couple of songs are just wickedly awful. Like just, just terrible. Like yeah. that, that one she sings or somebody sings yeah. for her is just awful. It's and nonsense. man, they should have pulled the needle on that one faster. Like that would have been mm-hmm. like, 
that would have been a better joke, just like this. The hills are alive. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. okay, yeah. yeah this, this, what the hell is this bullshit? <laughs> yeah, I can see heaven in your eyes. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Th- those yeah. those non Richard O'Brien songs are very. The lyrics are very plain. They're very matter of fact. They're very like. I'm singing a lyric that is just a sentence about what is happening at this time. Kind of like the plain songs from the, the Apple. Apple. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of bleh. It's just kind of like, here's... Uh, I'd say these were worse. Like when yeah. Oh, absolutely. Songs, in, a, in a similar way. Yeah. 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 The Apple songs at least had something crazy going on in the yes. background usually right. yes. when they were bad songs. Yes. Like yeah, as but... nondescript as we were saying the soundtrack for the Apple is, I think that most of the songs in here are more forgettable than mm-hmm. the songs in the album. Absolutely. Like, I've been singing that Speed song to myself for, like, three weeks. <laughs> Man, so. I, I, the <laughs> next day, I listened to Speed, like, ten times. Just... Yep. Like, it would stop I, while I was working. I, I would go back to it and be like, oh, man, I gotta listen to that again. Mm-hmm. Um, I really should have plugged my speakers in to annoy everybody at work with that. But, anyhow, um, there's a weird... So, there's a, there's a thing that this and the apple both have in common they which is obviously that rocky horror feel where mm-hmm. like they know they're going for this wacky mm-hmm. musical sort of rock opera kind of thing um a la you know a la rocky but not quite good enough to to make it stick yeah. but they also both have something that's and i i didn't really want to to hang this on the apple and i don't really want to hang it on this one necessarily either but i can both put them together and hang it because they can both support it if they work together <laughs> if they as a gang right um, come together come together hold this up hold this up <laughs> they both have a touch of forbidden zone to them hmm. there's this absurdist dada-esque just crazy things for crazy sake mm-hmm. and Let's not worry too hard about keeping everything together. Let's just put something bizarre on film. Mm. And I never thought that I would even come close to speaking of (laughs) Forbidden Zone in a good light. But that is almost a thing that works for these two movies. And it's weird to feel like it was inspired by something that I hate so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like what the difference is, and this might be a little bit of an abstract comparison, but I, I actually had the exact same thought, and I don't remember what scene triggered it in this movie. Um, for me, it was the dining scene when they were yeah. doing all the fast motion, humping the two girls. That was my, uh, go on. Okay, yeah. I mean, there there was some there was a couple scenes in this where I was like, yeah, this kind of has a Forbidden Zone feel to it. Um, the thing about Forbidden Zone, and I think what makes it extra off putting to me, is I can only think of Forbidden Zone and the movie Eraserhead that do this, where it's like this intense stare at the camera. Where like this, we're like doing this, uh, you know, bizarre thing. Like, have you ever seen a street performer or any kind of performer in, in in like a small venue where there's not a lot of people? And like, have you ever had them just for whatever reason, mm-hmm. like lock eyes with you? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's other people around, yeah. and like for some reason, it's like, okay, you're actually making me uncomfortable. Yeah, like you're not. I know you're probably just abstractly looking out into the crowd, <laughs> but it feels like you're looking into my soul, where there's all these other people around. They both have that moment where it's just like, stop, like, look, <laughs> stop looking like, at st- me. Yeah, stop looking at me. Like, just go do something else. Yeah, and and both like those movies have that moment. And Eraserhead's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable like that. That's why it does mm-hmm. that shit. But Forbidden Zone felt like it was doing that too, or it's just like I am looking only at you and doing weird shit. And it's like, <laughs> okay, stop. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
So I know that's a weird way to, but that's, I'm just saying that's what made those feel that way. And and these never really did that. They were like, all right, we're doing this abstract, weird, dumb shit. Although they do look directly into the camera a few times. Sure. But not like linger. But but not, yeah, they don't, they don't leer at you. Yeah. Yeah. Burn a hole in your soul. Three jocks, two jocks, one jocks. Contact. All jocks. (laughs) All jocks. What? All jocks. Never mind. (laughs) All right. Well, let's take a break, shall we? Okay. Okay. All right, and welcome back. Hey, hey Bamcast. Second half. <laughs> we are in sync, Chuck. Yes. <laughs> Great. Still, uh, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Nailed it. Hashtag so, besties. What do we do? What's uh, happening? We talk about more movies. Oh, right. Other movies. Yes. Not musicals. They maybe. could be musicals. They could be. be but whatever you want. Okay. I don't have any musicals to talk about. Okay. I have well, two then don't. summer movies to talk about. Summer movies, some ain't. These are. Okay. Ish. Um, so I watched two movies over the weekend. I finally got to sit down and watch Star Trek Beyond. Okay. I liked Star Trek Beyond. Thanks. Quality <laughs> review. It's uh, some stunning insight. I don't know what it was about everything surrounding that movie, like before it came out and when it came out. Like it just everything about it seemed like uh, for like being as hyped as I was for the first two. I there was no driving force to get me to go see this. Like, I, I don't know what it was. It was just something about the marketing made it look like Insurrection. Okay. And that kind of put me off because Insurrection is just kind of a wet fart of a movie. It's like there's nothing really to it. But I think what I liked about this one the most is that it's kind of an original one of these in this universe, which we haven't had yet. It was like, okay, you got to establish the universe and then you've got the Wrath of Khan ripoff. This is kind of its own thing to where... You're not watching it to see what they do or do differently. You're just watching it. Just like, okay, yeah. take me on a take me on a story. Tell me tell me what you want to tell me, Simon Pegg. I'm I'm willing to hear your take on Star Trek. Okay. Um you know, I mean I understand a lot of people's complaints about current Star Trek and that it's not old Star Trek. And I get that. It's not. It totally isn't. But it's what we've got. And as such, it's a good one of these. There's good character stuff in it, which I thought the other two movies were kind of missing because they had to force so much interaction into a short period of time. I kind of like the whole like kind of skip ahead to they've done their three years, which was the time of the show. And then it was like Kirk kind of maybe wants to be an admiral now, which is totally how that went, you know, in the old timeline. So I I liked all that stuff. Um, The only thing that was kind of not great to me was the motivations of the bad guy which i heard and understood but still when it was over i was kind of like yeah but uh," you know it's like something about it just didn't come together like it should have it just kind of seemed like he's bad because he is and there wasn't a, a lot of motivation there to make that work but um i don't know there was just a lot of cool stuff in it and really the best use of a song <laughs> in one of these that I've heard, you know, I mean, it shouldn't be there, but it is. And right. it, and the way they explain it being there is perfectly fine to me. It's perfectly acceptable. I have no problem with it. Um, 
So yeah, it didn't seem... It, it was weird being a Justin Lin movie. It did not seem like it was out of that universe. It didn't seem so far gone from the first two movies. Right. Um, the only thing that was kind of weird was everyone's hair was really strange and the costuming was... Everyone had weird jackets and it, it just... I don't know. The costuming and the hair stuff all seemed strange to me, but you know, who cares? That's no big deal. Okay. I liked it. Star Trek Beyond. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I I recently rewatched it um, and I already gave my two cents on it before but mm-hmm. i love the jayla character like yeah. i mean it's weird because rarely do you see especially in the movie universe like them introduce a character that indoors like i want her to come back i Absolutely. want i want her to be a permanent part of this universe now yeah so like that's i mean you know the closest i'd say was um what was savic you mm-hmm. know like the in, in the original series you yeah. know it's like and what she's only Two movies? Three movies? Two. Uh, She's in two and three in the beginning of four. Yeah. Okay. Ish. Yeah. So, so I'm just saying, like, you know, it's like they don't really generally bring these characters back, but, like, you know. They all feel like guest stars. It's always just right. like, here's this person and, that and you'll like, never see again. I immediately want her to be a regular Absolutely. Part Put her on the bridge. I mean, I guess they... they um. The little guy is, keeps coming back, too, but he, he doesn't have much of a role. Uh, Keenzer or something like that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, but and, he's just kind of like, hey, yeah, he's still here, hanging yeah. around with Simon Pegg. I like all this stuff they do with the sets in this. Like when, when I mean, the Enterprise gets fucking wrecked in this, and the way they interact the set with the people on it seems very convincing. It's not just people throwing themselves into walls. I mean, they are rotating these sets, and people are, you know, mm-hmm. they did a little bit of that in the other movies too, where people are kind of running and the gravity gets all fucked up. But I, I just there's there's a lot of good stuff in this and i think that people should kind of maybe just relax and just enjoy the star trek we've got and we're gonna have a tv show soon maybe it'll be what you want yeah. so but for right now these things are pretty cool um so that was that uh then i watched uh independence day to resurgencing or whatever whatever it's called revenge and i don't <laughs> it's got a dumb name that's Okay, I fully admit the first movie is kind of garbage, but I love it anyway because it's got so much quotable stuff in it and kind of memorable stuff in it. (sighs) Wait a minute. Okay. Did you just say Independence Day was garbage? Garbage in that, like, the special effects are fucking terrible. Oh, you are such a bad man, Chuck. We no, were on such... I, I, lo- I will love and defend in the first Independence Day forever. It man. is It is not... I'm just saying, as far as, like, a, a disaster movie, it's not one of the top tier because it's just... It's a lot of just kind of... I don't know. It's it's just a lot of just like, hey, this would be funny. This would be a gag, you know, and it's, it's a lot of people not taking things seriously, I guess. But I will defend so much stuff about that movie. I will defend them installing a virus on the alien mothership. I will I will defend so much about that movie. Um, so please don't get me wrong. But I recognize that just, you know, Will Smith punching an alien and just things like that are stupid. They're just dumb, but they're fun. I, I think the best thing about it... You're walking a fine line, Chuck. <laughs> okay. But the best thing to me about Independence Day is every time I watch it, I pretty much within a week have to go back and watch the right stuff again. Yes. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> like does. Yes. Every time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I just thought, it, yeah, it's time to watch the right stuff again. Yeah. Um. So this this one, uh, they... The special effects are better. The special effects are pretty good in this. Um. But they wanted to make the the same kind of reverent blow up earth movie 
and we kind of hit a point where you can't do that anymore. It's not jolly good fun to just basically this movie picks up Singapore and drops it on London. And, and it's, <laughs> That's and it, pretty good. And it's just like, we, and you know, you're like, no, not we, <laughs> this is terrible. Um, there's, there's just good and bad throughout well, this entire thing. Obliterated like tower records or whatever that big, <laughs> Yes, they always like, go for tower records. They they killed a whole bunch of people in yes, the first did. one. Yes, they I did. will say if this were the nineties and, and you know, like we were still doing either rap songs over the credits mm-hmm. or parody songs, yes. then we could have some pour some singer on me. <laughs> sure. You can totally do that. Yeah. And Get no out. one would be offended, although Get out. in this case it would be Get out. terrible. Um Get out. So it's it's a weird mix of people aren't taking this seriously and Judd Hirsch is back being comical when there's no reason to be. And God, Brent Spiner is the fucking worst in this. They've given him so many lines and it's just, you know how insufferable data was in generations because he got his emotions chip and was joking and laughing and doing all the things. No. Well, okay. Multiply that by a fucking thousand. And that's what he's doing throughout this movie. And, And you're just like, please stop, please stop. Um, you get half the Jeff Goldblum you want. Mm. Like in the first half of this movie, he's smart, crazy, hand motioning Jeff Goldblum, and then by the end of this movie, he becomes crazy old man, googly eyed Jeff Goldblum, who's just like doing takes at things that are happening. And I like it when people do takes at things that are happening. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's just <laughs> open mouth, just duh, looking at something that's happening when he's supposed to be the smartest guy there, and he's just driving a bus full of school kids driving away from a queen alien running through the desert it's so fucking stupid i can't i can't even it's uh, uh, I, I i honestly didn't i i didn't really let this movie hit my radar too hard except for seeing the trailer way too many times yeah um did roland emmerich direct this oh yeah he did okay. yeah okay i just wasn't sure if this was like oh yeah no he he's back i, I mean i assumed because at this point why the fuck not yeah yeah, because he's got nothing else going on. Right. But yeah, and Dean Devlin came back and wrote oh, okay. it. I mean, yeah. so yeah. I feel all right now. I feel like I just I have to see this for some dumb reason. I, this is I, ultimately when it was over, I was like, you know what, <sighs> that movie's fine. Like it's watchable. I didn't hate it, but it's just like it could have been something really great because they bumped up the special effects budget, something fierce, and they got so many people back. Although I swear to God, they rolled out Robert Loja in this. Who was 95 and suffering from dementia and Aww. couldn't move. And they just Aww. prop him up in a corner at one point and point at him. And it's just like, oh, God. Did he look happy to be there? No, he didn't Aww. look like he knew where he was at all. <laughs> it was embarrassing. It felt bad. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. You, you can't even <laughs> drink my orange juice. <laughs> well, you weren't getting any of that. Um, you get some crazy president bullshit all throughout this um what's his face is is good and beardy Bill Pullman? yeah okay he's good and beardy and fucking out of his mind kind of like how he was in that torchwood season for whatever weird reason he was in that i didn't make uh, it that far okay. okay yeah it's it everyone in this is weird all right it's so weird <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> so yeah it's a it's a thing you can watch it it's chuck fine but man it's it's not the first one, and the first one is terrible, but it's also awesome. This it's, one is this one is more terrible than awesome. It's been on my periphery for a long time. It just hasn't. Now happened. I have to watch it to see if Chuck's terribly wrong. Okay, we'll ruin <laughs> our bromance that we've been brewing all day. The absolute worst thing about it is that it's a setup for a third movie that's never going to happen. No, oh. mm. 
it's one of those. It's one of those like, ah, it's a franchise now. And it's like, no, you're not going to be a franchise. <laughs> no. Hmm. Yeah. Chuck, everything's a franchise. I know. Speaking hey, of franchise. I was going to say, speaking of <laughs> franchise, well, okay. We've already proven there's a little bit of a franchise here. Uh-huh. But in, uh, I still don't have a good name. Pinball Project. The pinball. We got a voicemail that's going to throw some suggestions at okay. you. Okay. All right. Well, I don't have an official name. Okay. We'll, we'll wait and hear. Well, right. Maybe we have a gooder, a gooder name. Yeah, gooder name. <laughs> you got a gooder name, you should write it into the show. You can do words gooder than gooder. us. <laughs> um, uh, I've already said, like, my, my plan was let's get what I consider are probably going to be the worst of these movies out of the way um, of movies that are pinball tables have been based on them. Mm-hmm. So I did Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, on next on this list in my mind was 1994's The Flintstones. Yeah, <laughs> I, I this one I had seen like the prequel to the Bamcast movie, right? Yes, Viva La Rock Vegas. Um, this one I had seen. I I sadly almost want to say maybe I saw it in a the theater, but I I hope to God I didn't. Everyone did. I yeah, I probably did. Um, but I remembered all my. I, just remembered who was in it. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't, if you don't remember, it's John Goodman, Fred Flintstone, inspired casting. I mean, that's yes. that's the thing. Is like the casting in this is fantastic. It's it's where it's beyond that is where you might have some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you got uh, John Goodman as uh, Fred Flintstone. You got uh, Rick Moranis as Barney Rubble. Um, you got Elizabeth Perkins as Wilma, mm-hmm. and you got Rosie O'Donnell as Betty. Mm-hmm. I, pretty much the only reason they cast her is because she can do the Betty laugh. That's I think that's it. It's good casting. I, I, yeah, I'm just saying, like, I, there's not much else about her that screams Betty Rubble, but... Rosie O'Donnell was popular at the time. She was in a lot of movies. She was weird. popular-ish. She Still was a, a really weird casting choice for that. Yeah, it, I think so. Just It's just, they yeah. were like, I don't know, they probably people They didn't cast me because I can do a Barney Rubble laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's produced by Steven Spielberg. I mean, it's one of those movies that feels like it almost should be a Steven Spielberg movie. You know, like, it's just, you you know he was, like, probably behind the camera a lot telling them what to do. Uh, pretty big budget, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And there, there's a bunch of, Kyle McLaughlin's in it, yeah. uh, Halle Berry's in it, a whole bunch of people are in this. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor's Taylor. in this movie. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to just throw this out there. I... I'm not saying I like this movie, but I don't understand the ire that this movie has. Mm-hmm. Like, people hate this movie, and I don't. Like, the Flintstones were always dumb. Like, I mean, <laughs> the comedy is dumb. It's not bad. It's just, it's it's bad puns, and... I, I don't, don't want to... It's low humor, and I don't mean that... Like necessarily is a bad thing, but it's very easily accessible. Humor. Sure, yeah, that's what I mean by that. Yeah, it's just every word has rock at the end of it. Right. <laughs> well, so like, <laughs> if if I were you to said, actually, you said rock. <laughs> if I were to give a knock against this movie, it's that it doesn't. It almost doesn't lean hard enough into the Flintstones formula. And I know you're probably like, what? Because they basically completely recreate Fred, the, the intro sequence. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there is one point where they use one of their animal appliances type things. And that was where always where, you know, a joke came in of like, 
something to do with their job function and, and or type of animal mm-hmm. joke. Like the animal would look at the screen and go, ah, this sucks. Mm. Right. Well, there is one specifically that it's not a vacuum cleaner. It's I don't even remember what it is. It's just like literally the thing just looks at the you know, this job sucks. And it's like, <laughs> but you don't <laughs> Does it really say. Yeah, it literally goes this job sucks. And it's like it's but not it's a like joke. a dishwasher or something. Yeah, I, I, I'm God, I'm trying to remember what it was now. It was it the clock. I, I don't know. It's like it's not something that sucks. It was not a vacuum cleaner or whatever. Um, this job's for the birds. And I was just like, really? Like you couldn't even do that, right? Like mm-hmm. were you is did you think this sucks as being edgy? Like, haha, we're gonna draw a laugh from the kids in the audience. It was yeah. like, oh, they said sucks. I, I don't know. It's just that, that that is like the one thing that like really pissed me off about this movie, and and that's that's like the most bizarre thing because I feel like this is a movie that is like so much hate has been heaped upon this movie over mm-hmm. time and it's like sure maybe if you've never seen the cartoon but if you said i want you to make a live action version of the flintstones this is pretty damn close to what i would make too because you have two ways to go with like an adaptation of something especially something kind of goofy and lost to time mm-hmm. is you just go for it like they did with this or you do sort of a, a mock thing like the Brady Bunch movies. Right. There's really no in between. Um, you can kind of like skirt the line with like like what they did with like the Starsky and Hutch movie where it's like, yeah, it's kind of making fun of the era, but it's also totally what the show was too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it kind of like Tony and Jump Street where it's like, we're going to ride the line between like edgy and now and, you know, kind of exactly what this was supposed to be anyway. Yeah. But... This is the, you know, this is the, the former. It's just, you know, we are going to straight up make a live action version of a goofy cartoon with giant props and dumb costuming because that's what it requires. Mm-hmm. The plot's kind of simple. You know, I mean, it's it's a plot of a 22 minute episode stretched out to an hour and a half kind of thing. Um, but none of it feels bad. Like, I mean, not as bad as people say. And, and that. I don't know. Like I said, it, to me, to hate the Flintstones movie is to say I hate the cartoon, which is fair. That's I, I have no dear love for it, but I watched enough of it growing up that I just saw this and I was like, yeah, this is this is pretty much what a live action Flintstones movie should look like. Yeah, and, I, and I think like. maybe the disappointment was maybe that it wasn't more than that. You know, it just yeah. like it's just a bunch of bits from the show done live action and you're just like. Yeah, even some if you haven't seen it. the Flintstones in 20 years, you remember these things. Some it's... of it. I mean, that that's the thing is like I didn't feel like it was just like, oh, here's another moment, you know. Okay. Like it was just they recreate the intro sequence, you know, down to they actually go to the drive-in, watch their own movie and then leave, <laughs> right. which is a little weird, but y- yes. <laughs> um except that the the poster says they're going to see Star Wars by George Lucas. I mean, they don't even have a no. a, a Gorge. Maybe it was Gorge Lucas. It was probably Gorge Lucas. I'm just thinking like how you how you rock up. We're George gonna call Lucas. it Luke Rock. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna call it Tar Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My kids are gonna love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm gonna sound like the Internet Movie Database trivia section for a second, but I literally was watching this movie and Halle Berry comes on the screen, which I totally forgot she was in this, mm-hmm. and she's on the screen for a few scenes before someone finally says her name, and her her name is Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. And and Still. like immediately I went, 
Halle Berry and Sharon Stone were in Catwoman together. <laughs> I was just like, well, I'll just type that one up in the trivia. If it's, I'm sure it's already there. But I guarantee you it's yeah, there. It guarantee, yes. But I mean, I just, Ten years later, Halle Berry yeah. joined Sharon Stone. Yeah, I was just like, the fuck just happened to me? Why did I just become the useless trivia section of the IMDb? You know too much. Yeah. But it, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, this movie's fine. Like I, I, like I said, you just, you can't, you can't have cast it better, and mm-hmm. nothing is so offensive. That, that's the thing is, like, to me, you, you would have to have a movie that just has something so wholly out of left field for the property or taste or something to, like, get the kind of hate that this movie gets. I, I just... I don't... It's not I, something I'm going to, like, like, oh, man, I'm going to watch the Funstones again, but... I To be fair, I don't think this movie gets hate. I think it's just kind of lost to time. No one talks about it. Oh, I don't know. I think this is, like, always brought up among like people's this worst movie ever made really? kind of discussion i yeah. just i feel like until we started talking about this a couple weeks ago i hadn't thought of the flintstones movie in oh, ever yeah I'm, i mean like even when we watched the sequel i wasn't like oh the flintstones movie i, I think i think some people just automatically like adapting anything that was animated into live action automatically it's wrong oh sure because you know we were there was a heated discussion today about you know Dr. Seuss's Grinch Who Stole Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, and the cartoony nature of that. And I'm not right. defending the movie, but I'm saying, like, when people lean into live action cartoon with people, it draws some hate. Like, it does. I'm going to probably spoil it. My next thing on the list, I think, is uh, Space Jam. Because, again, I'm, I'm doing this based on rank of things, uh, of how much, how little I want to see these movies <laughs> okay. either ever or again. Uh huh. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think that'll probably be next. And that's not full on live action, but, you know, it has live action cartoony tendencies, I, as I recall, to a to an nth degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I Flintstones, not as bad as people seem to remember it, I think. Box quote. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on the Blu-ray case. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely like Viva Rock Vegas. I mean, every way that was worse. I mean, the the, <laughs> the level of actors to... Oh, come on. Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> the level of actors down to, I mean, just, just everything. Like, I mean, like, they leaned into every bad joke harder. Yeah. They leaned, they, they they went crazier on sets. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But we had Walt here. And that made it fun. I, like I said, I, I, I'm not necessarily putting that down. I think that's a d- dumb, fun movie that, you, you know, that mm-hmm. we had fun with in, mm-hmm. in the right circumstances. You know, whatever. I, I giggled. I, I totally forgot the, the involvement of the B-52s with the Flintstones movie. Oh, right. And when they go to the uh, ca- cavern on the green <laughs> uh, and watch the, the BC-52s perform, yeah. uh, I was like, all right, movie, you know, this is okay. I, I think maybe all right. time might be fair to that movie because at the time, it, the, the marketing is probably what really turned a lot of people off of that movie because you felt like you'd seen the whole thing before you even got there. Sure. Um, cause I feel like I knew all of that stuff going into it. Um, maybe, maybe so. And you know, in, I'd forgotten that until you just mentioned it. And now I'm like, okay, yeah, that's probably all right. So I don't know. Just the B-52s being a thing at the time was probably like, all right, come on. <laughs> what? Well, I'm just saying so you like, were, you were over the B-52s. By no, like no, 94? I'm just saying them being more relevant then seemed like such an obvious choice. Whereas now you could watch it and go, yeah, I remember the B-52s. <laughs> That kind of thing. Nostalgia. 
Yeah, I, to be fair, the B-52s, they weren't like some weird one-hit wonder. No, they I, they that's had not, a good 10-year run. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying they were relevant at the time, so yeah. of course they would put them in there and make that joke. Um, but, you know, you have to remember, too, like all of the weird Flintstones offshoot cartoons of the 80s where they would, like, you know, interact with current day things oh, sure, and yeah. go to space and, you know, the great join the army and hang out with Laverne and Shirley and all that shit. I mean, it was just <laughs> constant, like, what the hell is happening to the Flintstones? So the Flintstones movie is not the most egregious thing to happen to the Flintstones. And I'm not any kind of Flintstones purist. I, I, I think the other thing, shit. like, this, I don't know why this messed with me, just, I, Maybe it wasn't how it was then, but shit. Never mind. Like I, I'm, I'm mixing movies that I watched over the weekend. Okay. Never mind. Fair enough. The duh. Fine. Duh. I'm, no, I'm just, I, I started this this rant. Now I'm just gonna get it out there. I, I go ahead. I, I, I decided. You know, sometimes when you're not feeling well, you just like fall back on movies you've seen a ton of times. Yep. Um, and I, I rewatched uh, Step Brothers and Ballad of Ricky Bobby Talladega Nights. Okay. Good times. Um. There's the point where they're they're saying the dear Lord baby Jesus uh, feast thing and they're eating like Taco Bell KFC and they have like Coke and Powerade and I'm like oh no wait no that's yeah. a betrayal of the yum brands it, exactly that, that's that's well, like I was like they were specifically like had Powerade and Coke because they yeah. were like those those were sponsors but then they had, they had the Pepsi fast foods right. and stuff and I was yeah. like I was watching that movie I was like no, no. <laughs> like your sponsors are going to not be happy. Like you all have them on the same table together. That, that was the dumbest thing. Like I said, I'm watching that movie and it's just like, holy crap, that's Coke and Pepsi fighting on the table. <laughs> anyway. Also, I, I would like to apologize. I, I like Step Brothers so much more than when I first saw it. That that movie's now number three on the Will Ferrell. Pretty meter. fucking good. Yeah. Kathleen fucking wine mixer. Yeah. Anyway. That's it. That's all the movies I watched. Okay. There was a lot of product placement in Flintstones. That's why I was thinking it was in there, but... Yeah, but I mean, like, I remember, too, like, McDonald's, that was when, like, every movie was like, what fast food restaurant is gonna have this thing? And it was just everywhere. Mm -hmm. Started with, like, Batman, which I don't hold Batman responsible for, but it just became that thing of what restaurant is going to have the summer movie tie-in. Uh, it was before that. I no, mean, I know, but it just... It I was gonna say, I had the entire uh, Return of the Jedi and Empire Strike Back Sure. King gift set or glass sets. Yeah, and stuff. but just the marketing blitz that started to happen with all that stuff just became insufferable. But. There was a while where literally every every time a movie, a big movie released, mm -hmm. there was a collectible glass set mm -hmm. or everything in that store was all of a sudden branded for everything in that restaurant. Yeah. Quote unquote restaurant. Yeah. Uh, was branded. Yeah. It was just like you were just inundated. Yeah. And now it's gotten Be so set weird. on all sides. Like, now it's like Call of Duty is tied into Hardee's and no one gives a shit. And you're just like, well, this is odd. <laughs> I eat at Hardee's once a year. And oh, they're promoting Call of Duty. That's strange. And good, then good for them for getting that license. <laughs> yeah. It's Carl's Jr. If you're west of the Mississippi. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And then like McDonald's will have the 15th straight to video of Bugs Life toys. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, trolls. What? Huh? <laughs> Where's this even come from? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we got that voicemail. Maybe it's going to help. Oh, you out right, with the, right. With, with the title right. of your yes. thing, I need I need insight. Hey, everybody! This is Kent from Indianapolis, Indiana, calling uh, because, well, for two reasons. Primarily, uh, I had an idea for your uh, your pinball theme. You could call it Silver Screen Silver Balls. You know, just a thought. Uh, and of course, to make my annual plug for Steve Rails back. Gotta gotta watch some Steve Rails back movies, guys. 
All right. Anyway, <laughs> crash and burn. Bye. <laughs> well, it's not the strongest plug I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's great. Steve Relsbeck. Why don't you watch right? some of his movies, huh? Okay. Eh. All right. Steve Relsbeck. Yeah. yeah. Out. <laughs> silver balls, silver screen, silver balls. So, silver screen balls. Silver balls. Silver balls. <laughs> Silver, silver screen, <laughs> silver <laughs> balls. Yeah, maybe there's something in there. Soon it will be <laughs> pinball time. Yeah, something like that. Shitty um, outlays, <laughs> broken flippers, <laughs> and some toys that don't work. <laughs> Fucking Gottlieb, always garbage. <laughs> Except for a 1812. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is how songs are written, man. Yeah, man. just... Hope we're watching. <laughs> Always get this on tape. Get, getting to see all the magic happening. Yeah. All right. So we'll look into some Steve Steve Rails back. There's really only like one or two of his movies we've, that would qualify. Uh, we've been railsing back and forth. On yeah. Yeah. About. We'll get there. There's a pretty strong case you made there. So, yeah. So. Compelling. Mm-hmm. Um. So is that? Is that about the end of it? Yeah. Okay. Well, we got some. We have some some work to do first. Okay. Um, if you are listening to this, it may be too late. However, um, it's it's a possibility. I don't know how the you know I don't know how the how inventory works. is going to go. Sure. But um, if you go to bearsuitstudios.bigcartel.com, you can find for a limited time only, which is until they run out, and these are the last that will ever be produced. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hot ass, sparkly gold, <laughs> soft ass, smooth, silky, sexy, BMF cast, limited edition, gold ass shirts. <laughs> well, black so shirts much with ass. some gold. Yeah. Black shirts with gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ass. Ass. <laughs> gold hyphen ass, not gold <clears throat> ass mm-hmm. hyphen something else. But no, the, the shirts are back in stock for um, until we run out. We have a limited number of them left. Super limited number. There's like I don't know eight, yeah. <laughs> right now, yeah. So it's, it's single digits left. So if you want one, they are at the post presale price of twenty uh, shekels or dollars, twenty American dollars, twenty American dollars, and that includes shipping. Unless you are outside of the United States, we are currently shipping to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. have to take a bunch of money from you up front for that because we don't know if. If it's going to cost us $49 to send it to Saskatoon or whatever. Exactly. Um, but we'll work with you. But yeah, we, we, we're we not going to gouge you on the shipping. No. We just like if you're in Canada, we've got a rate there that's there just to cover it. We'll refund right. you the difference if that's the thing. If you're somewhere else, let us know. We'll run the numbers. We'll and, run the numbers and see what, yeah. what works out. Like if yeah. we just can't offer free shipping to Madagascar. And no, stuff because then it's basically a free shirt and right. we <laughs> got screwed. So. Right. <laughs> so anyway, they're $20 are in the store. Free shipping in the uh, in the continental United States, at least. And if you want a um, super easy way to get there, if you just go to BanffCast.com, it's the top link on the right-hand side. Yep. It's a picture of a shirt. You can't miss it. Right. We've it's also, literally a shirt. <laughs> right. We've also posted it on Facebook and Twitter, so mm-hmm. catch up with us there at Facebook.com slash BMFCast or Twitter.com slash BMFCast. Um, get yourself a shirt, and if you order one soon, we're not going to guarantee anything because the postal service is nuts. But it might t- arrive in time for Christmas. Pretty good chance you can give it to yourself for Christmas yes. or your loved ones or yourself, which is your number one loved one. Mm-hmm. There is um, no gift wrapping available, but it does come with love. Yeah, it comes wrapped in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Throw that under your tree. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to re-gift that bag to somebody yeah. else. Just but... scratch out your name on a label and <laughs> can, throw them a bag. You can put a bow on it and then put it under your tree and open it Christmas morning and wear the softest shirt on the planet, yeah. guaranteed, not an actual guarantee, on Christmas Day. I'll guarantee it, personally. You're going to like the way you look. Yep. So check out bmfcast.com. There's a bunch of links on the right-hand side that will take you to all of our social stuff. Email us at bmf at bmfcast.com with all of your interesting things or recommendations. Or give us a ring on the Garfield phone, the BMFCast hotline, 9105-JAX-BMF or 910-556-9263. Leave us a voicemail message and uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, what you like. Yeah, tell us what you like. (laughs) Just give us a ring. If you feel like talking to somebody, give us a ring. Yeah. We're not going to be there, there to listen, but, but we'll hear it we'll, eventually. We'll listen when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. After Google translates it for us. Right. <laughs> but yeah, give us a call. Leave a message. We would like to hear from you. Indeed. Let's get out of here, shall we? Okay. I'm Harlow. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And this is Banffcast out. <laughs> <laughs>